Hello, and welcome back to season five of Faith Fitness and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood. I want to warmly welcome you back to the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is and always has been simple to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post workout late night meals. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Skull Smash Ammonia, Raw Grip Chalk, Croquet to Strength, and Primate Apparel for their consistent support and encouragement. The best hard-hitting ammonia in the game, there's none better than Steve at Skull Smash. If you're looking to hit a brutal pull and need that added grip, Raw Grip's Liquid Chalk is the highest quality in the market right now. If you're looking for no BS training and a team that'll stand by you through all the ups and downs, shoot a DM over to the Croqueta Strength on IG for 10% off template programming when you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. And I'll swear by this, we are humble, but we are savage. Primate Apparel's mentality of sticking to your guns and standing up to those who do you ill is a vital part of my training. And you can head over to any of those Instagram pages to get some products and use either code BIGMOPOWER or Faith and Fitness for discounts. This evening, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Travis Papa Bear Rogers for the two-hour, originally supposed to be video premiere, but we ran into some technical difficulties, so unfortunately, we will not have launched video quite yet for the show. But nonetheless, our longest episode yet, packed full of really, really great conversation. Everything from high squats to steroid usage in the industry to finding out, honestly, who's speaking into your life, who's speaking into your training, who are you listening to? We cover a lot of really good ground over these two hours, so whether it takes you one listen or two, it's worth the listen. So sit back, relax, and let's dive on in. Travis, welcome to the show, brother. What's up, man? Happy to How be here. You? Yeah, it, I'm. Uh, I'm pumped. We're able to get this thing going. I see you got the the shirts, the stock all up behind you. Um, yeah, we're actually in my uh, my my quote unquote art studio slash uh, like stock room, I guess you would call it. But um, no, uh, I keep everything in here, all the old drawings. Like I post them up on cork boards in the back, just as like kind of reminders and stuff. But yeah, this is where. This is the whole foundation room right here, man. Start yeah. finish. drawing to shipping, everything right here. It's where it's where the magic happens. Well, folks, the we magic want <laughs> the magic. Oh, well, folks, we we want to welcome you guys to the official video launch of Faith Fitness and French Toast. Five seasons in, uh, we've just only been audio, so you get to look at our ugly mugs for the entirety of this conversation as well. So, if you guys are tuning in on YouTube, we want to welcome you there as well uh the only promotion you'll get for the entirety of this instagram uh for this interview i promise you should check out raw grip they sponsor travis and i'm of course also on the rep team so you guys should go get some of that and we also swear by skull smash ammonia's double barrel it's gonna knock the shit out of you it's good stuff uh extra shout out to them too um not skull smash but uh raw grip because they also sponsored george uh uspa north carolina so me and him have teamed up for a bunch of meets on the East Coast since everything kind of went down and happened and I took over over here. But uh, they've been awesome to us, sending us mad amounts of chalk, making sure we always got stuff, awesome prize packages for the lifters. So I just want to say thank you guys very, very much for not only sponsoring the podcast, but also, of course, helping me and George do our thing on the East Coast. Yes, absolutely. So let's just jump right in. Travis, uh, who the hell are you? 
what do you do with your life? You're running a foundation, you're competing, you're a teacher. What do um, people need to know? I get I get bored really easy, I guess. So <laughs> like, I'm a man of, I guess some would say many talents, and I, I don't really refer to them as that. I'm just uh I just say I get bored easy, so I gotta have multiple things keep me distracted. Um so I am a high school and I was so stoked to find out you're an elementary school teacher. So that was awesome. I was like, cool. So we'd definitely be able to talk people's right. Well, I'm actually one of the biggest thing, of course, like I get asked or like people see me on the Instagram. And of course, like a lot of people have seen the bear cave and know I like own a real gym. So like, oh, this is just what this guy does. He like draws and he like lifts weights. I'm like, right. no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a full-time teacher at a high school. And they're like, with all those tattoos, what do you teach? Are you are you a janitor? Like, do you hide all your <laughs> like, No, not at all. Um, so the school district I work at is, um, and I'm not going to mention names and stuff because that didn't need to happen. But uh, we're super high needs, um, high poverty. And a lot of people already know this about me. But um, I've been working there for almost seven years. Um, I love it, man. Uh, I couldn't imagine working at like a hoity-toity, like uppity school. I couldn't imagine anything like that. Like, I like kids. Um it's always super valuable, especially the ones like you don't think are, are going to make it or not going to, you know, accept your help. And then you turn out to be like their favorite teacher and like you really bond with them. And of course, I'm not that old. So when I started teaching, I was 25. Yeah. So and I taught senior English. So it was like a lot of those kids were 18 going on 19. And they're like, dude, you're like my older brother. Yeah. So it was like I shared that bond with them. So I teach um, English 10 and 12 at the high school level. Um, so I'm, yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's weird a little bit. It's a little weird. Like when the kids walk in, I'm like, all right, kids, we're going to learn uh poetry today. And they're like, <laughs> what this guy? And I'm like, yeah, this guy. Um, but it's cool. Cause I mean, it's just, it makes for an interesting day. And of course, like fun sidebar conversations, not based on school, but just like about stuff in general, kind of like what we're doing here. But, um, so I'm a high school teacher. Um, I own a gym that used to be in a barn out in the country, we used to wipe our asses with corn husks and shit under the moonlight. And now we actually have a real building. So very uh, grateful for that and uh, worked very, very hard for that. Um, I own a children's charity, uh, 501C3. I've owned that for almost two years now. Um, me and another teacher that goes to my gym, we used to do the whole fund it all out of our pockets, bring all the boys to the meets, get all the hand-me-down singlets from referees that knew me as a competitor and a ref for USPA. And then, of course, my wife would help chaperone as well. And one day we were like, dude, we love this. We love the kids. We love giving them a chance to compete and powerlift alongside us. But we're both teachers. We're going to go broke because we can't afford this on a teacher's salary. <laughs> right. So we need to do something. So that year after, uh, I want to say 2018 Nationals or 2019 Nationals. I want to say 2018. It was in uh, Ohio. Um, we, as soon as we got back, it was like – a whole chain of events. Like I won nationals for the 198s. Um, I got a really good sponsorship deal. And then like right after that, I got my 501c3 letter back. So it was like that wow. whole summer just exploded. And it was awesome because all the waves that I kind of made at nationals on like Instagram and shit like that really drew attention to my page, which I didn't really care about. But at the same time, the more people that saw me, the more people that saw the foundation and the more money we brought in to raise for the kids. So can't really argue with that. And that still holds extremely true to this day. You know? Yeah. You will ask me like, why do you, why do you post this on Instagram? Why do you do this? Why do you, why are you always doing these lifts? And I'm like, dude, the more people that follow me, the more people who find my store, the more people who find my store, 
the more people spend money, the more money we have to give back to these kids. Like we just got, um, I was talking to my buddy, Eric Wilberg, another extremely awesome guy, really nice guy, crazy 198er. Um, it's weird because a lot of the 198ers, like we're supposed to like butt heads and be rivals, but all of us know each other now. So we're all friends. Um, I actually helped Eric beat my total that like a couple. Yeah. I was, uh, he was getting coached by Stacy Burr and he did the, uh, shark city meet in, uh, um, Virginia, not Virginia beach, close to Virginia beach, Norfolk. Um, sorry, I had a brain fart, but, uh, he did the meet there and she texted me and was like, Hey, uh, can you handle Eric? And I was like, uh, sure. Why not? And so <laughs> dude, I'm like giving him liftoffs for bench and just watching him smoke me. And I'm like, but I like you, so it's okay. <laughs> so it's all good. But uh, really awesome, <laughs> really awesome guy. <laughs> but uh, he ended up beating me by like, it was something so small. It was like six pounds or something like that on the total. And I was just oh, like, dude, that was so awesome. But it was so awesome to see, and it just it made me appreciate like that friendly rivalry so much more. And like, I still talk to like him, uh, Chad Pension, um, a couple of the other 198ers that were doing the showdown this year. Couple of the guys I met from nationals that are all getting invited to sign up the same big meets I'm getting invited to. So it's like it's really cool because you get in group chats, you keep in contact, even though of course, like you, everyone's on the West Coast and mm-hmm. people don't know where I am at all. <laughs> right. So I remember the first time we showed up at Nationals with me and my buddy James, and we we're both from uh like Sussex County, Delaware, and like lower Maryland area on the eastern shore. And people were like, Where? where are you guys from? And they're like, who are these dudes lifting these weights? And we're like, Oh yeah, we're from like Delaware. And they're like, what's Delaware? I'm like, dude, it's, it's the first state. How do you not not know? But, um, regardless to say, uh, there's not much powerlifting over here. It's, um, much smaller than of course, like the South or the West. Um, so I am working very, very hard to change that. We actually booked our first meet in Delaware ever for USPA um, March 20th at my buddy Dan's gym, uh, Grit in Dagsboro. So we're super excited, super grateful, again, with the sponsors, everyone helping out. Um, And just it's really cool to see that evolve and, like, come to my home state, man. It's, like, literally maybe 15 minutes from where my parents live. So I was, like, so – I thought that was so awesome for them to see. So Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it, it's funny. I, I think when I first, like, you know, found you, when I first started lifting, I'm like, oh, man, like, who's this tatted up dude who's just shredding weights? I had no idea you were a teacher. And, of course, when I was in college, I did not want to be a teacher either. Like, I was the kid who hated school. Yeah, it's crazy that it's worrying. It's always people who are like, I don't want to do this. Like, this sucks. Like, I hate teachers. Um, and, you know, then I graduated college and I moved out west. And I became a teacher. So, you know, it's, it's funny how that just ends up working, but it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I think most people you talk to, uh, who are teachers never initially start to be teachers and they like sort of like fall into it. Like, that's what I did. Um, I went to college to be a writer. And before that I had an art portfolio ready to go to like Micah or DCAD for fine arts and painting. And then, um, one day I was like, no, I'm, I'm better at writing. So I made, I got writing scholarships and I went to, uh, University of Delaware for a couple of years and I transferred to SU in um, Salisbury. And um, they offered me for my master's program, I finished with a bachelor's in English and they offered me a deal. And it was like, if you taught freshman English at the college level. So basically you were the English department's pack mule. If you taught the low level courses, so the PhD to teach the high level courses, they would, like, they would give you a stipend and pay for it. Yep. So I was like, you can't beat that. So of course <laughs> I so. 
I did. And then like, um, I'd say by the second semester in, I was like, I, I think I like this. Like I like teaching. I like talking about the art of writing, like how people understand it, how everyone's different. Like I really, I really fell in love with that aspect of it. And then when I got into, um, my student teaching and stuff, uh, it's just so different with kids and like seeing how their minds work. And like, I think especially like 10th grade and of course, you know, especially elementary, like you have a, a special little window where it's like, you can make that difference between um, them being awesome or a turd sandwich. Yes. And it's a very fine line. And it's a very, very minute amount of time. And it's like, if you can be the person to make that impact, like, of course you should be that person. Like, why wouldn't you want to be that person? So no, I, I love doing what I do. So teacher, foundation owner, uh, own the gym. I compete. Um, I've been a referee. I just actually, uh, last month I got my national referee certification. So I'm a national ref for USBA and I took over as Maryland, Delaware state chair. Man, you are juggling everything physically possible and you're killing it. You're still seem like you're moving forward too. Yeah. Yeah. I say everyone always watch the lifts are like, man, you don't you like deload. And actually it's funny because every, everyone at my gym right now is super impressed. Like I had three people text me tonight waiting for me to do this podcast. And we're like, I thought for sure you'd still come to the gym and then go do the podcast. I was like, no, man, I'm going to take this deload seriously. They're like, man, yeah. that's impressive for you. Because uh, Our guy, Ryan there, he's at our gym. Uh, we call him brother orange. Um, he didn't have an Instagram, <laughs> but, uh, he said, uh, oh man, it's been like, uh, so let's see, squat on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, D loads over. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> for me usually. And I'm like, ah, I feel like squatting seven and like, it'll just, it'll end like that. But no, I've been trying to talk to my PT, talk to friends, like trying to much more nowadays, look at the long yeah, the long con, the big picture. So I've been I've been trying that whole thing out, and it seems to be pretty good. Um, so, and then of course uh, I've been um, for paying for the gym and stuff. Uh, starting out in a pandemic hasn't been the probably the smartest move I could have made, but sure. everyone knew I was, was going to do it anyway. Like whether the world could be burning down, and I'd be like, "Well, there's a new gym," and like I was going to open it, <laughs> so like it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, and I also am a graphic designer for barefoot athletics for their shoes. Like I do all their shirts and, um, all their, um, tapestries and stuff like that. Um, I do freelance design and of course I draw all our stuff for the foundation. So I do a lot of artwork. I help my art teacher, the high school, the one who I also donate like portions of the foundation to for art supplies for kids who need it and stuff like that. Um, which is really cool because I love that aspect too. I always consider going back to um, and taking like um, a different testing, like go take my practice to be a secondary art teacher because I, I could definitely see myself doing that as well. So, well, you know, one of the things I think that really can and everyone who's who's listening to the show and, and follows you knows that the two of us really connect with is working especially with youths and with at risk youths especially. Um, you know, a lot of what I did in college. I was a comms major, but, you know, I took a semester out to work in D.C., um, working with an inner city, you know, 501c3 that worked with at-risk kids. And that's kind of like my long-term goals. I'm like, I want to open up a rehabilitation center for that same bracket of kids. And so I think there's a, there is, as you said, there's this window of like, man, like I can make a difference where a lot of people just 
actively aren't, whether it's teachers at their schools who are like, I'm not being paid enough for this. Like, I don't want to deal with this. And they've just completely checked out to everyone in the system who's completely written anyone off that isn't doing fitting exactly what they want them to, you know, everyone else isn't doing it. And so when there's people that are willing to put the effort in, it makes an exponentially more impact. And I think that, and I love what you said, because it's so true. And it, you see, it's so sad. You see it a lot in education, but I think that holds true for so much nowadays too. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it is hard to find dedicated people in almost every avenue of life right now. And I, I never, I think the pandemic brought, I mean, that's like on the back burner, man. Honestly. Sure. Yeah. It, it really did. Cause it brought just a, and me and my kids, I, I teach honors 10th as well. So like my honors kids will have like really like high level seminar discussions with me and stuff. And one of the big things we're talking about is just the idea that, um, we're actually reading 1984 right now too. Nice, so nice. Very much like government. That's timely. Big brother, yeah. Very good book to read at this time. Um, but just talking about how COVID really came to the forefront, but it was really just like the match. Yeah. Like everything that has been problems for generations and decades, like all came to the surface. Like people treated it like it was brand new. Like this had never been here before. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Like this yep. has been going on for forever. And you're just literally, well, you know what? And I, me and the kids decided, I think it's because COVID when we got isolated, it gave you too much time to sit and yep. think and yep. watch yep. and just like pick things apart until it made sense to enough people to say, Hey, mm-hmm. we, should, we should do something about this. Right. And it's weird because it's like you said, it's always been there, man. It's just wild times, wild times. It's been so weird, you know, because I so I graduated college back in May. And so I feel like even Wait, like, how old are you? I'm just 22. I turn 23 Dude, next month. Get out of here. Really? So that's the other thing. That's what's so helpful as a teacher. Oh, I awesome. look like I look like I'm like in my mid thirties. Like I, thought, every- I thought, dude, I'm not gonna, I'm not even trying to be mean. I totally thought you were my age. I th- Dude, and I'm not even and, and everyone does. Like that's the thing. It plays my benefit. I've never been ID'd for alcohol in my entire life. Given I grew I grew up in Ireland, so given that was never going to happen anyway. But you know, I've never been ID'd. Everyone thinks I'm ten years older than I am. You know, which means I get better jobs that I probably shouldn't be getting. You know, it's just it works out. But it's that luscious beard, man. It's throwing them all off. Dude, and, and then, I shaved like half of it all, and the mullet we've got going on yeah, in the back yeah. as well. And it has uh, like, this uh, like orange hue to it. Yeah, like it's pretty nice. I'm not. Dude, I'm a little jealous. A little jealous. It, it's working out to my benefit in some regards. If only I could get, pull off getting a girlfriend, you know, as well. But anyway, so you know, in the last year, I've gone from on my birthday, March 12th, everything shut down. It was the day that everything shut down. Was when COVID really launched, and so yeah. for the last year, has really been like, oh, okay, cool. Graduation's not going to happen. We're going to move across the country. Uh, you know, a million different things are going on, but what it did give, like you just said, is it gave me a whole lot of time to sit down and think, and you're just like consuming content. We've got our phones in our hands all the time. So we're just sitting there like watching and observing. And if enough different news plays at the same time, we finally are like this and this don't equate to one another, you know? And, and I think it's just, it's led to, I mean, as we've seen, you know, with the rioting on both sides of the spectrum and people saying COVID isn't real, COVID's really real, you know? everything people are just becoming i hate using the word woke because i despise that phrase but in that regard they're awake to yeah, yeah. a lot that they weren't before which i think is great but it's 
They have awoken to a lot of things. They, they have awoken. Yeah, nice. The English teacher. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, no, you I'm know. just saying because it's, we, we <laughs> talk about this all the time, man. Not the English portion, but just like the fact that everyone's like, I'm so woke now. And I'm like, are yeah. you? But you it's like, you? dude, the amount of – if COVID gave anything anybody else besides possible sickness, mm-hmm. it was man, woman – black, white, doesn't matter what, it gave everyone the fattest nuts of all time. Yeah. Like anyone will say anything now yeah. and expect it to be fine. Yeah. Like in the Instagram <laughs> warriors and like, I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's so, dude, I get so much shit talk on my Instagram. It is hilarious, man. Like, like at nights when we're in between sets, like we'll just sit there and laugh and like read dumb shit. Like, um, I had a really good one the other day. This, I mean, this guy was trying to be funny. He wasn't even talking shit. Um, he said, this guy walked into the tattoo shop and they asked him what he wanted. And he said, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I thought that was funny. Um, I had a guy, like I did rehab the other day in Crocs and shorts. Like silkies, like PT that's silk. power play. Yeah, yeah that's, in, that's my, power in my play. own gym that I own. In my yeah. own gym that I own. He's like, you're such a bitch. You wear short shorts to do back and buys. And I'm like, if I wanted to pull my pants down and take a shit in the middle of this rack during this set, I will. <laughs> like, I, 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 I own this bitch. <laughs> like, this is literally an extension of my house. Right. Like, and I spend just as much time there, like getting new equipment, like taking care of the place, like everything. Like it's like, a, it's like a second house. It's so crazy, man. And just like the wild shit. And of course, like all my friends now are like in on some of like the the repeat comments I get. So they love to like send them back to me after every post just to fuck with me because they know it's, it'll mess with me. So like um, the biggest one I get, of course, is my back. Oh, my God. They're just like no one understands like thoracic extension and rounding and like where the line lies between like lumbar and being safe and what you can lock down before you pull. So everyone's just like waiting for my spine to shoot out of my asshole. And so like, of course, every single one of my friends uh, are just nice back, <laughs> like just on every single post. And my friend, Rob, one of the football guys that, um, that comes to our gym from the SU from the college, he actually found me like uh, in Marshall's like, the home goods, dirt cheap dollar general version of like Donnie Thompson's bow tie and got it for me for Christmas. And it's like this little tiny female and it says, correct your posture. And it has her like this with her shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) And he gave it to me for Christmas when he got back from break. And I'm like, I love you, but you're a dick. dick." And he's like, it's for your back. It's for your back. Everyone knows about your back. And I'm like, thanks dude. (laughs) Thanks so much. Oh man, but it's true. Like, I mean, this year, it really has been like, I don't know what has changed. You know, I even, well, I know exactly what's changed is people have just become more confident behind a screen. But I literally was saying to one of my coworkers, one of the other uh, special education teachers um, just this afternoon, like, it's so weird being back in an elementary school and like being in the classroom and just seeing how much has shifted since being in elementary school. Like, sure. I was in fourth grade, what, 15 years ago, something like that. And it's like, the amount that has shifted, they're all on computers or iPads or remote learning. And it's incredible, but I'm like, 
of course everybody's growing up being a dick online. Like we're always yeah. online, you know? Like in that sense, like we're raising them right, man. Like they are, yeah. they are quick and mean like early on. It is Dude, vicious. Brutally mean, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I have kids say bad stuff to me when like we're in uh we have full school, man. I'll be like, hey man, why don't we uh you know and I'm very polite like to my kids and like Hey man, why don't we like try a little today? Like I'll sit next to you. We can read it together. You know, how about we just like get our name on our paper? That's a great start. I literally for asking kids to like put their name on a paper, I'll get like, go suck a dick. And I'm like, (laughs) like, that's so brutal. Like, like, could you imagine me like coddling you and just being super polite and nice to you? Like, come on, man, let's read this together. We got this. And you just being like, I'm going to need you to go touch yourself in that corner way over there on the other side of the classroom. I'm like, and then I'll be like, thanks dude. Today's going to be educational. Glad you're behind it. Today's today's going to be a great day. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, it's cool, dude. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go cry. I'm going to go wipe my tears away with my diploma right now. So I'll be honestly. So man, that's so funny, but it has, you know, it's, it's, it's at the same time, you know, even with the podcast and, and I've said it so many times before, like the amount of free time I had literally just meant I was like sitting in my bedroom. I didn't want to be engaged in online class for my senior year of college. And I was like, man, I'm just going to start DMing people and see if they want to talk for an hour. And that's literally <laughs> all like, that's all yeah. it was. I literally just started DMing random lifters. You were like, like, I caught up with everybody. Yes. Yeah. Literally. I was like, Hey, you know what? My friends don't want to talk. I'll just go text Steffi Cohen and see what she's, you know, it's just like, and the thing is because everyone's stuck on their phones, everyone's like, Oh, all right. And it blew up. And I'm like, Oh, awesome, man. That's good though. That's that's awesome. So there's the positives and negatives. You get the, Hey, go suck a dick. But then you also get the, Hey, like let's all connect and get to know each other. You know what's one of the craziest ones that come about. And I was, I I was, when you and me talked earlier today, uh, like, Early on, like when I sent you an email just to yeah, check yeah. in, make sure everything was ready to go, I was super heated over this. Um, so I'm not gonna mention the name of the company because I don't wanna, I don't wanna shit talk a company because like, you know, it's bad karma, man. I, I would never want someone to shit talk my foundation as a company and stuff. So like, I don't want to do it to somebody else. But I will, say, I will tell you some shit that's not acceptable. Because like, for instance, and I'll, I'll own this shit all day. I, I get really tired. I pack all the orders myself. I make all the shit myself. Like I do it all. Right. So like, yeah, I'll get tired some night and I'll accidentally ship you the wrong order or switch a label. And I apologize. I refund. I do whatever. I make it right, right away. Right. This motherfuckers did not make it right away. And I was oh. it, boy. All right. So set this all up. I am five foot five. Okay. And I will clarify that out loud on this podcast. I had so many people ask me that shit. Like, I thought you were like six foot. I was like, look at the fucking squat video, man. Yeah. <laughs> look at the squat video. Everyone in that monolith is literally a foot taller than me. All my friends are like six foot something and I'm five foot five. Like everyone's fucking taller than me. It looks like mountain trolls walking in like a a fucking Lord of the Rings dwarf like through a cave entrance. But it's not. It's just me going into a monolith. Right. They literally carry me. So if I use the Titan mono hooks, the ones you hook to the rack, that's that's my sneaky move because number one, you can't adjust them really high. And number two, everyone fucking hates them. So when I use them, that means I know for that afternoon, your man's got that rack on lock. No one's going to ask to squat with me because they're scared of those things. <laughs> and like, no one will mess with me. So I'm like, if I'm a, if I'm in a mood and I'm like, I'm going to put these bitches up. Right. I got the rack to myself for the rest of the day. So 
I haven't been that selfish lately. I've been trying this thing out where I train with people as a training partner, which I usually don't do. I usually just train around people. I don't train with people. Right. But I gave my boy Rob a chance. We've been training together. It's been going pretty good. But so I bought some J cups from this company. They're there. You can adjust them in small increments because I'm really fucking short. So I thought that was going to be the best thing ever because I'm not that different from like, like my high bar position, low bar position, or like if I use the transformer, like it's got some variance to it, but it's still fucking short. Right. So I bought the power rack. We have a bunch of power racks. The one power rack I have is from this company. So I bought the J cups from this company and it said it fit the one I had, which I also assumed would anyway, because it's fucking from their company. Of course. It makes sense. So it took forever to ship when it said it was in stock. So I was already pissed anyway, because everyone's been using that as a COVID excuse, even though COVID has been going on for like a fucking year. Right. So, and I'm not saying if you have, if you are understaffed as a company, that's okay. Just be honest about it. Like, tell me something's not in stock. Tell me you're behind with delays. Tell me something. Not like, don't tell me, and then not shit me shit for like a month and a half. Right, right. So anyway, I finally got these things, okay? They did not fucking fit on that rack. Not even close. Not even fucking close. Like, the (laughs) the pegs that go in were way too big, and these were like the size smaller. And I was like, why? This makes no sense. I even did my due diligence and double check the rack and the J cups to make sure they match no matter what fucking didn't work. I was pissed. So I got these, I sent them pictures of me standing in front of the rack, pointing at the fucking sign that said it was their rack and it, at the box and sent them all pictures of all this shit. And I'm like, why, why didn't this work? But I did it in a very polite way. The sure. first time. Actually got it all the first time. The first time. Cause this conversation oh. lasted a very long time. So me, I would have been like, Hey, how can I make this right? Can I refund you? Can I replace it? What can we do? This picture exchange went on for about a fucking week. I've been a customer from this company for maybe five or six years. Mm -hmm. So like you could easily have typed in my email address or ID or whatever and looked up all the thousands of dollars I've spent in gym equipment here. Or even who you are as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't like my first time ordering. It was a mistake. Sure. Like you and I'm not saying I deserve special anything. I'm just saying you could have easily looked me up. No problem. Because there's, I told there's you. There's a history. There's a history. Yeah. I was like, just check the invoice number. It has the customer number right to it. They ended up, they did not take it down off the thing. And they knew they didn't fit. Okay. So now they had this, after all this picture exchange, they sent me a return label. And I had to fucking ship them back to them. And they don't make any ones that do fit that rack. So out of all this, after a month, I still didn't have J-Cups. And before this, this even adds adds the extra little gravy to the potatoes of the story. Um, My mom, who tried really hard this year, because like you said, you're like, Travis, you do a lot of stuff. My mom says the same thing. She's like, how do you get the man who has all the stuff, anything for Christmas? So she tried really hard to find me a special gift card for this exact company, which was very thoughtful of my mom. So I really appreciate it. They didn't even fucking send her the gift card. What? So like, so like two weeks went by after Christmas and my mom just texted me. She's like, Hey, have you enjoyed your new gift card? I'm like, what gift card? And I was like, Oh shit. Did you put it in a card? Did I throw it away by accident? She goes, you didn't get an email. 
And I was like, no. She goes, well, they're supposed to send you a digital gift card. So the gift card that I bought the J-Cups with, so this whole thing's been like a month and a half. Oh, my oh God. My God. So they send me some clothes in order to say a, say thank you or to, to apologize, okay? This is why I'm here. I got the fucking clothes today. Now, I'm I'm very I'm very plain guy, even though my art's kind of like, you know, in your face kind of shit. I wear plain stuff. I like a little patch, a little, mm-hmm. little large, little little basic stuff. Like I'm cool. They sent me some like tagline bullshit, like shit I would never fucking wear if you put a gun to my head type shit. Like like the, this, uh, wasn't this wasn't selling, selling this wasn't this leaving wasn't, the shelf. Yeah, like three. like you could tell they were just like, oh, what's your size? We're gonna get rid of some shit. Uh, so when I got that, I was super butthurt because like usually I'd be like, hey, this is okay, but like I'll, I'll give it to my kids. Like there's a kid that wear the same size as me, I, and I I give away shirts and stuff to my kids all the time, or like my my bigger guys at the gym that wear the same size as me, I'll give it to them, bro. Can't do it. Can't do it. It broke my heart. I was like, this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I was super excited. But no. Man. Yeah, this is a shout out to all the companies in the midst of COVID. You should yeah. be kind to your customers because I know yeah. they're few and far it's between. Like, this I, and I bought for them for five years and now they definitely 100%, 100% lost me as a customer. Yeah, it's but, brutal. Yeah. But, yeah. And I was... Yeah. And I don't, and I know someone will DM me after this podcast. Like, what was the company? I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to. I don't want to do that to a company because, like I said, it's bad karma. But this is just as small business and for big companies, man. Own your shit. If you make a mistake, like don't make the customer work another. You know, you already made the mistake. Don't make them work another week to try to remedy your mistake, like because it's your mistake. Like just take care of them, man. Like if you told me I sent you the wrong shit, I would refund your money or I would send you other shit that day. Mm-hmm. Or like, hey, is there something else you saw in stock coming up that you're like, hey, give me this instead? Like I totally do that. Yeah, but don't don't do that shit to people, man. It sucks. Yeah, you know. Now, when, I'm, uh, still, now I'm still a dwarf without J cups, man. I'm still don't have your still don't have your J cups. So at the end of the day, this whole story wasn't even about a company messing up. It was about me being angry because I'm so short. It's tough. It's I can't. I can't relate. I'm six two. I, I God, can't relate. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. <laughs> my birthday. My birthday's this oh, month. Man. Well, everyone, I want a step stool, a step stool for the gym, so that way when I like hang posters and new vinyls and stuff, like I can reach it and I don't have to get the full ladder because it's embarrassing. So that's my tip. So funny, but uh, well, you mentioned something there, you know, kind of uh, even auxiliary. You want to work with companies who are actually going to own their shit. One, two, are going to be personable. Three, make you feel like you have a genuine relationship with them. You don't want to be working with corporations that are just screwing you. The same thing trickles down to just relationships, friends, mentors, coaches, athletes, everything like that. Some would even say the people who are at your table, you know, the people who are. Uh, eating with you, the people who are training with you, the people who are close, the voices that are in your head. And the same time, there are people who, even if you've had a long-term relationship with them, are the worst. So with that, I know this is something that you're super heated about. You get super into who the fuck is at your table, why the fuck are they still there, and what the fuck are you going to do about it? 
Sorry, I didn't mean for my phone to go off, but as soon as you said that, I knew what I was looking for. I wanted to find it because, God damn it, I don't talk about it enough, but I, I do love this man. I do love Joe Sullivan. I've only met him one time, but he says some shit that resonates with me, and I mm -hmm. definitely say some shit that resonates with him. So it's nice we exchange words every time, but I want to read you a little something mm -hmm. that I was thinking about when I, I was thinking about him when I wrote it because I knew he would respond to that shit, and sure enough, he did. Mm -hmm. And now... uh we kind of exchange words on it every now and again. And I wrote this uh, in a picture that was from uh, my last meet. Not that I, the fucking meet matters, but what it, what it talked about, because some of these people in this picture aren't even fucking at this table anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, that shit speaks volumes. Yes. So this is what I said when I was thinking about Joe. I said, everyone wants you to build a castle, carve a moat, outfit them in golden armor, be proud of the bricks you have laid. But when things get hard and you look around at the faces, the ones who stayed when feasts were not bountiful, when swords were no longer sharp and new, you'll know who has always been a knight at your table. Cut your losses. Let the traitors and peasants go. They would probably steal your horses anyway. So fuck them. Stop pretending people don't know exactly what they're doing. Mm. And it's something me and him have talked about a lot. Because it's funny you said, uh, you know, your birthday's in March. Whenever we have my birthday, we go out to this uh, place in Fenwick Island, right? Mm -hmm. It's this big, like, kind of feast-type place where you can get – you can get a whole fucking chicken for 32 bucks, dude. Like a whole Amish chicken. They'll bring it to you. It's the best. So speaking of knights in armor, you can literally eat like a king. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember a specific moment last year – Right before your birthday at my birthday. My birthday is February 22nd. So not that far from yours. And uh, I was sitting next to one of my, my friends. And I said, dude. He goes, hey, man. This is like a good birthday turnout. Like, you got a lot of people here. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, why do you, why do you say it like that? I said, I want you to look at the fucking faces of these people. I want you to fucking inventory them in your fucking eyes. I want you to remember the faces here and the shit that was said right here at this moment. He goes, dude, this is kind of like, it's a little grim. Like, what, what's up? And I said, because I guarantee you this time next year, you won't fucking see all these people. There will be different ones in their place. You might not be any, even one of the ones sitting fucking beside me. Hmm. And he said, nah, dude, that's not true. He said, some of these people like, really support you and really like are about what you're about and the message you've been trying to set with the foundation and the gym and like everything you just keep building and building and building without stopping. I said, yeah, well you keep that in mind. I'll give you a fucking hint. Who's not that table anymore. Mm. That dude I was talking to know who Talks the talk. And I know that's such an overplayed shit. Like you always hear the, you know, find your training partner, find those who want the best for you. Um, talk the talk, walk the walk, all that shit. So fucking played out. But honestly, it's so true, man, because mm -hmm. I'll tell you the only person. And I mean, fucking shout out to this woman who's been through all the shit with me from, and we didn't get into it this podcast, but like, fucking through sobriety, through getting clean, through fucking everything. 
uh, my wife, um, she's the only one, only fucking one. I will say, no, I lied. One other one, one other one. There's two. The very fucking teacher I told you about mm. who went in out of his own pockets to start this foundation with me. Mm. Him and my wife are the only two fucking nights at my round table. They are the only two that have been through this whole shit since it's fucking started and are still sitting fucking right next to me. And every time we have that birthday shit, every time I have this talk with another fucking person, they're the only two I know guaranteed they'll be there. Hmm. They will fucking be there because you're going to have so many people who want to talk that talk, who want to say, I support you. I back you. I, this, I, that, and everyone wants to be part of that shit when it's shiny and new, you know, I remember that dude. God damn. I fucking remember that when the foundation took off and I was coming home from nationals Everybody wanted to fucking board that train. Yep. We we should have strung fucking dump trucks up to my SUV that pulled packages of fucking trailers and we just pack them all the fuck in and everyone could have got a ride. Mm. I remember that shit. But those same people aren't here now. I'll tell you that much. And I'm not talking about supporters, and that's different. I'm talking the people who have purchased things from the foundation who talk to me every now and again about that. I love you immensely. I could have never done any of this without those people. Mm -hmm. Those aren't the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who are fucking literally beside you, who are trying to lay the bricks with you, who those ones who are going to talk the talk. And then that shit changes. Mm -hmm. And it's wild how fast it happens. God, it's so wild, dude. And I, I keep thinking about like what changes motivation like that? Like what brings about such a sudden, like just fucking nip it and cut it kind of vibe. And I was like, for the longest time, like I would get really concerned and, and talk to my wife and be like, is it me? Like, am I, am I that aggressive of a person? Is, am I so passionate about the things I do to help others that I'm actually pushing away the people closest to me? Mm-hmm. And she said no. And my wife's an honest woman. God, she is, dude. I, she was my best friend. She's one of the dudes. She, dude, she'll sit there and tell poop and fart jokes with you all day long. And like, she, she's just one of the guys. And I love that about her. I would never want it any other way. But she's also very cut and dry. Like she'll, who do you, who do you think edits all my art for the foundation, man? Her, dude. She's a tough critic, man. If she comes in here and sees a, a color palette on a t-shirt, she'll be like, that shit fucking sucks and it is not going to sell. And I'll be like, well, fuck me. There's 12 hours down the drain yeah. back to the drawing board. But she's honest and I got it. I love it. But I think there's so many people that get caught up. And this this is the moral of this story. This is what, you know, I'm not trying to get on a high horse, but this is the moral of this story, especially in powerlifting. I think so many people get caught up and the idea of a team, a camaraderie, a need this, need that to be better. And this is why I told you, I don't, I train around people. I don't train with people anymore. And that's because that shit is not solid. It goes away. Motives change. People change. But your will to do this, if that's what you want, should never fucking sway. That should never, and it never has for me with, with powerlifting, with the foundation. Like once that shit started 
it is only built. And they say, you know, well, progress in powerlifting as far as strength is never linear. You know, it's always up and down. It's always a zigzag. Yes, 100%. But your ability and will to push that envelope with all those things you do, that should always be linear. That should never zigzag. For me, I, I don't. And I think that's where I have such a hard time sometimes as a teacher because sometimes I, I lack that empathy. Because I lack that empathy with training. My knees hurt. I don't fucking care. My girlfriend broke up. I don't fucking care. This this is not the place for that. I don't care. For, for two and a half, three hours, whatever we're doing, I don't fucking care. Take it somewhere else. If you want to, if you want to mope and you want to talk about fucking find your corner and get the work done, but don't bring it over here with me. We got shit to do. And I think that's why all aspects of this as power lifter, as the foundation, as a gym owner, all of it will always continue to grow because I have developed a trait where I know where it is okay to be like that and be completely null of empathy and selfish because that's how you get better. If you want something bad enough, you have to have the ability to tell someone to cut it and fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people lose that. And I think, again, just like everything, there's a delicate balance. You have to know when to bring people to the table, but you have to know that table is not finite, that it will disappear. It is not made of indestructible steel. That shit will fucking melt. And you got to be okay with that. And I used to not be okay with it. But now I've really realized, like, your table is always going to change. It is a revolving door. And it's a hard thing to grasp because you, you want to hold on. Dude, I remember doing so many meets and just being like, this is what it's going to be like forever. This, this team, this item, this visualization of these couple people together is what it's always going to be like. And this is why it's going to be successful. And when that stopped, I had a hard time accepting that. I had a hard time, but I kept getting better and they didn't. And it's because I learned that yes, for ventures in life, you have to improve and incorporate others, but they don't always have to be your best friend. They can be short-term acquaintances. And I think a lot of people don't think enough like that in order to make those things work to their best ability. And that's not, to say, like, this isn't about, like, manipulating people. This is about people have places and times. People come and go. People enter and exit. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn that that's a part of life and that's okay. So. Yeah. Man, that's good. That, that, that's a, there's a lot there. there there's, a, there's a lot there. But, I mean, it's some, all, someone, it's all very true. I feel a type of way about <laughs> Someone would say, say you're passionate about it. Someone, someone would might change my name to Pretzel Bear Rogers because I'm feeling a tad salty. But I'm just saying, like, you got to learn from that shit, man. It's hard. Yeah. Well, you know, and it, it, you know, it's funny. I can probably count. Not even probably. I can count on my left hand the amount of friends. 
even family members who have been there from the jump. I think everyone can. Like at the end of the day, I think every single person can count on one hand the amount of people who have been there from the jump. And that's just the reality. Some people are like, oh, that sucks. Like I wish I had, you know, hundreds of people. In my no, there's plenty of people who are in my corner at any given point, but they might not be there in a month or in six weeks or when I didn't do that thing for them that benefits them in the relationship. You know, I didn't, you know, I, oh my God. Like when I started powerlifting and this isn't a story I've shared very frequently, maybe ever on, on the show. When I started lifting weights in my junior year of high school, I was, I don't know, a buck 80, same height. I mean, I was a small dude and for reference now I'm obviously I'm like 290 pounds. So there's a drastic difference now and then I woke up at five 30 every single morning and I walked in the freezing cold to my gym at the school where all the rugby players and the basketball players and all, all the jocks trained. And I would go in and I'd bench like 65 pounds for reps. I'd squat like 185 and I would just keep doing it. And every day the dudes are like, why the fuck are you here? Like, what the, what are you doing? And I was like, I want to get better. And you know, there's a ton of other stuff. I lived overseas. There's plenty of trauma, a lot of outside, but something I've never said when people now question what I do, am I a great lifter? No, I total like 1400 pounds at 264. That's not good. But when I was 17 years old, I was benching 65 pounds and I got up every single fucking morning and there was no one making that walk with me. There was no one training alongside me. There was no one pushing me to better myself. My parents questioned whether I should be lifting weights. My family thought it was stupid. Everyone at the gym told me to fuck off. And now that I've become friends with all of the top lifters in the industry, now that I've launched a powerlifting team, now that I've got sponsorship deals, people want to ride my dick and be like, hey, man, like, hey, fuck you. Like, it was me. It was me. And it will always be me. In 10 years, it will be me. And I told my dad now, like, just a couple months ago, we've had a ton, like, we've had our relationship's been rocky at points. We've really come to, like, a good point now. But I told him, I said, Dad, I don't care how many years it takes me. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what I have to take. I don't care what I have to train. I will compete at a national and a world level at some point in my life. And you're going to be sitting there in the stands. And that is the only person I care about, about whether he's there. And even if he's not, I'm still going to be there. And I will hold that medal high. I'll say, I fucking did it alone. Because at the end of the day, Every single dude who's like, hey, man, I'm here to support. No, you're not. Like, you're here to see what you can get out of a relationship with somebody else. You're doing your own thing. Like, everybody else who comes in and out of tables is on their own thing. There's nobody at their table either. Like, that's the thing. Like, I wish people understood this. No one gives a shit about what you're doing. Except for, like, at, at the really at its core, no one gives a shit. They like the clout. They like what they can gain. They like a brief conversation, but like everybody's just doing their own thing. And I just wish people got it in their heads that you can have relationships with people and recognize that in two years, that relationship might not be there anymore. Some would say I feel some type of way <laughs> about the same thing. <laughs> Salty, Salty Jr. over there. Oh, man. Oh, if you guys <laughs> you are listening, we're not this mad all the time. I promise. <laughs> Two salty bros, one podcast. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, we're just gonna sit here together and bitch from East Coast to West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I know. I was thinking that I was like, man, everyone that's like close friends is gonna listen to this and be like, Travis fucking hates. Every like, wow, like moment. holy shit. <laughs> and it's funny because like I ju- I say that out loud like all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, it's fine, dude. I fucking hate everyone. And they're like, ah. And I'm like, no. No, I do. It's okay. <laughs> oh man. It's yeah. So all of our close friends, we don't hate you. But you might disappear in a couple years, and we're okay with that. So we we know you're expendable. Damn, that's rough. But yeah. We know you're expendable. Sorry, dude. Oh. Yeah. There's remember remember that really really cool thing where I talked about my lack of empathy? Yeah, that's pretty hard right about now. So uh Oh man. Yeah. So funny. But yeah, reading and weep. It's true. It's okay. It is. It's true. And it's okay. Like, that's the thing. Like, some people can hear that and be like, damn, like Moses and Travis are kind of pissed off at the world. But it's like, okay, but we recognize that we've moved forward. That doesn't mean we cut off all our relationships. It doesn't mean I start just being like, fuck you, like to someone's face. And they're like, hey, man, like, would you like a spot? And I'm like, no, nah, fuck you. You won't be here in five minutes. No, like, no, we still no, move forward. It's just, it's just being real. It's yeah. it's a realist reaction. Yeah. You have comprehended something many people will not. Yes. And be, you have learned to be okay with that. And I think that's just like a deeper level of acceptance and knowing who you are. Once you can understand that, it's a little bit easier. Person. It changes how you relate to everything. It does. True. True does. You know, like the amount of times that I'm sure both of us had this exact conversation, man, I'm a ride or die. Like I'm here to the end. Are you? That was true. You know how many dead people we'd have? Yeah. If that that statement was true, ride or die, you know how many dead people there would be? Talk about a body count. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be like two, two or three, like iron horses riding off into the sunset and then like just a trail of dead not rides behind yeah. us yeah rider yeah it's so funny but it's true you know and anyway we won't we won't stay morbid for the entirety of this podcast everyone who's listening who's getting offended stop being offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we will but on a different topic hey, everyone hey, stop hey, being offended <laughs> Oh, cool. Well, let's let's talk about something that like won't offend people. Like, yeah. uh, um, what's what's not offensive? Oh, I got it. Um, everybody that's fucking squatting high right now. That oh my god, dude! If holy shit. Okay, I will admit there have been times in the past in which I have not squatted to depth. However, that's that's true for everyone, though. Correct. However, do I go in to a competition and say world record? and squat higher than giraffe pussy? No. Why the hell is everyone doing it? Why is this becoming a thing? And like, um, so I'm in, I'm in, can we divulge this? I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to divulge this information. It's top secret shit. Anyway, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, we have a, we have a chat. (laughs) We have a chat called the showdown and it's literally everyone in the showdown. So it's like Yuri Belkin, like Garrett fear, like, all the guys at SBC, like just everybody. So the amount of hilarious shit in that chat is is pretty awesome. You don't even have to contribute. You can just read stuff and be entertained most of the day. But um, 
So of course, like we all, we all call each other out. I mean, which is nice because everyone holds each other to standard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if one of us is entering the showdown is like, Hey, your shit's high in your training videos. Like they'll openly call each other out in the chat, which is great for competition. Right. You know what I mean? It's huge. Not only does it make friendly rivalries, but it keeps everyone honest. And I really appreciate that aspect of the sport because as competitive as it is, and as much as everyone wants to say, like, let's bring back hardcore powerlifting, let's make powerlifting like mean and hateful again, which I'm totally for. Right. Um, the only reason we're going to be able to do that, we, we can't get to the hate and mean part of powerlifting where competition is fierce until everyone's operating on a competitive level. Mm-hmm. Meaning not strength wise, meaning standard wise, because mm-hmm. then you're just comparing apples to oranges. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, I'm not here to say who's squatting high, who's not squatting high and shit like that. But I'm saying, I, I mean, it's interesting theories going on, especially like I really enjoyed uh, Garrett's take on yeah. uh, talking about you know, a panel of judges, which of course would be extremely tricky in its own self to get sure. that going. But I mean, just the fact that, I enjoy that even though he shit talks, um, when there is a problem, whether it's not the right one or not, he does offer a solution generally. Always. Now, it might not be the first go-to solution, but at least someone is trying to offer something. Because if powerlifting doesn't have it, I don't know what does. But everyone wants to present the problems and no one wants to come up with any fucking idea how to solve any of them. Mm-hmm. So. And again, I'm not saying that's me or anything, but I mean, like, I'm trying to do my part over here on the East Coast. Like, I mean, I know he's trying to do his way out there towards Indy. Like, I know the guys at SBC are doing their thing down there. Like, there are, and of course, Chico in Ohio and Doug up in Michigan. Like, there are groups of people who are really trying to, like, move it in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, a big thing. And of course, like, I really enjoyed, um, Noriega's thing on the bench press standards and yeah. the w- grip width limitations. And like, I mean, there's been a lot of talk from a lot of good things from depth, from the grip width to what different powerlifting federations are doing and why there's even more than two or three in the first place. Like, I mean, all great dialogues and conversation starters, but you know, and of course it's been said over and over again, this is why this sport won't ever be taken seriously is because of the, the disgruntlement between feds and of course the lack standard in fluctuation in the standards of judging. Yeah. We got some meets throwing down guest judges. We got some that are all national referees. We got, you know, it's all over the place, man. And the worst part is the, the, the big thing. And I, I think the best point Garrett has made, was open powerlifting and i will i i'm a patron of open powerlifting you know mm-hmm. i pay my a bucks monthly to support them because they're a gr- great group of people who are doing it for the sport and you know i bought their their one t-shirt when it came out like i tried to support yeah. um when our big thing fell apart and we didn't know whether that meet i did was going to be uspc or uspa and it flipped five, five times on the way to the fucking hotel mm. like it changed five or six times I contacted them directly and was like, hey, this is a sanctioned meet. We don't know what's going on. All my people out here on the East Coast are looking at me like, Travis, are you going to do this meet? Like, what the fuck's going on? And I contacted them directly, and they were super appreciative and very nice and handling things. I was like, hey, if shit goes fucking south here, 
I want to know that everybody I'm, you know, I try to incorporate and I try to take care of on the East coast, on the Eastern shore, that their shit's going to count. You know, mm-hmm. I want to see this on open powerlifting. We're going to have the Excel spreadsheet. We're going to have the, the scoring afterwards per usual. We just don't know what fed because of all the drama and they made sure that it would get posted uh, USA VA no matter what happened. So I just wanted to take care of my people and make sure everything happened. But the fact that they they could do that and the fact that everyone does look at open powerlifting of that standard of, okay, here's the top three in this class. Here's the top three in this. You know, it, Garrett made a good point that because of how everyone looks at that database, they truly are the ones with most of the power. Yeah. Whether I mean, we want to say that or not. Yeah. Yeah. And whether they want to admit it or not, like they might be like, or some bunch of dudes running on a Patreon account and this is what we do. But that simple thing has turned into a big deal. Yeah. Well, I remember having a conversation with them a couple of years ago about a guy who's since become a friend of mine who, who had squatted very high uh, and claimed a world record. And I was like, y'all like, there's gotta be some kind of standard. And they were like, you know, honestly, like we agree with you. And I'm like, okay, great. Like do something about it. And they were like, Oh, you know, we don't want to piss people off. And I'm like, honestly, fuck them. Like piss people off. Like I, I don't care. Like if I, now this is also a story that isn't known publicly and I won't name the Federation, but there was a Federation that had a, a smaller one that had a meet uh, nearby where I was from. And, you know, I knew the Federation director and uh, he, he invited me to come watch, you know, it was a bunch of benching and I get there and he goes, Hey, do you mind uh, guest judging for me? And I was like, I'm not qualified to do it. Like, that's not, he was like, well, can you see if it's touched the chest and locked out? And I was like, I mean, yeah. He was like, great. All right. Guest judge. So I sit down in a judge's chair. And when I say that three world records were set at that meet with a 20, what was a 21 year old who's competed what two and a half times in one of the judges chairs because the judge didn't show up. And I was the only person that put up any red cards, the entirety of the meet. Sure. Because I was like, I'm going to hold it. Okay. I'm not qualified to do this, but I'm sure as hell going to hold the standard. Yeah. And, and I was like, that wasn't fucking locked out. And the dude was like, what? I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if it's in your basement. I don't care if it's a background. You chose me and you're going to have to deal with that because it's bullshit that I'm judging that in the so first place. Wild man. That is Isn't so that bizarre. Wild. Isn't that yeah, bizarre? That's crazy. And so when you've got that kind of shit happening on one end and then you got, even though I'm friends with these guys, you've got metal militia on the other hand, throwing these like wild, like a strobe and we're super hard, but you have guys consistently squatting high not locking out their deadlifts. They're like, dude, let's make it fucking badass. And it's like, like, if you can't match a basic standard of your hip crease going below your knee, if you can't just touch your chest and just hold it and then just lock it out and then just pick up the weight, we've got nowhere to go as a sport. We'll we'll always be seen as a joke. How, how badass can you make the sport? How, How focused on making it badass if you can't do the normal rules, let alone like, you know, people are going to fucking compete subpar. Right. That's badass. So we'll just throw some lights on top of it. Like that's. 
Oh, and I get so heated about it. I get so mad about it. Lights, lights come later. Lights come later. Yeah. I, I've competed at a meet with strobe lights, but it was a USAPL meet. It was Sabre running a USAPL meet in Virginia. And there was smoke. There was strobe lights. But it was a serious fucking meet. Because the USAPL, even though all their meets are super expensive and they're leeching money from people. Love you guys anyway. It was a serious meet. And like... Sorry, that was good. <laughs> it's, it's true. Then I'm like, okay, you could put on the show when you know that you meet the standard. And when a federation is the standard for drug-free powerlifting, you can afford to put on a show. If you're a backyard meet in Pennsylvania, maybe you shouldn't be shooting for the show. Maybe you should be shooting for actually holding your lifters to a standard to expand the sport instead of just a bunch of hardcore trend heads training out of a basement saying, Oh, fuck it. I squatted 900 and they're not even touching the top of their knee. Yeah. Not that I'm passionate about that either, but no, <laughs> no it's not evident at all. Man. No, it's, cool. it's not. I hate this sport. I don't know. What I'm talking. Yeah. It's. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. One other thing that's been getting me lately too, since we're just on a, some dude, fun topics. Just keep running we're, with we're, it. we're on the good topics we're, now. We're only um, getting started. Dude, yeah. Holy shit. Um, and this is pretty rampant in my – since I told you, like, powerlifting is not as big on the eastern shore and over here. Um, and, I mean, this is rampant everywhere, but it's just killing me over here just because our community is so small already. Dude, the amount of, like, one – like, ill-equipped coaches. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. I'm dying. Mm-hmm. I'm dying. I can't, I can't do it, dude. And it's so hard because, like – like I try, I try to be nice. I, no, I don't. I don't. No, you I don't. don't. I've been, I've been told, I'm, I've been told I'm mean. I don't know. It's weird because like I care so much about helping people, like the foundation stuff. But then people are like, you kind of have like a like aggressive kind of mean personality, <laughs> and they're like, it kind of doesn't match up sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. Um. But yeah, anyway, so, but the thing with that is it's like, all right, here's, here's my bag. Here's my bag on this. Um, now I have, I program quite a few people. Right. Okay. I program Zach Myers who just broke the 308 world record total. He's an animal. I love the guy to death. And dude, one of the sweetest dudes. He's the nicest guy. Nobody knows about. He's also the strongest motherfucker that no one knows. And I also program his girlfriend, Allison, who is a sweetheart as well. Um, yeah, everybody go follow the Hulk Myers. He's a he's a freak athlete. Anyway, yeah, super nice guy. I've been coaching him. So at the nationals, I won. We we wilks off against each other in uh in sleeves. Nice. And I took best lifter the first day, and of course he was the next day because he's the way bigger than me. And it was so funny. I remember running into him at national. He's like, "Oh, dude, what's up? You're here. Are you competing with me?" I'm like, and it was the next day. And I was like, yeah, I, I already went. He goes, what do you mean you already went? I was like, I competed the day before you. He goes, you're not 198. And I'm like, dude, please stop being nice to me. I'm so <laughs> I was like, you are an enormous beast of a man. I am a small infant child to you. I was like, Zach, I already competed. He goes, oh, I missed it, man. I was like, it's okay, dude. You're, you're competing. Like, again, just the nicest guy ever. Always putting other people first. Um. So, needless to say, uh, he beat me for best lifter. Sure, crushed crushed the, the Wilkes the next day, but I I did win because 
couple days later, he asked me to be the one that writes all his programming. So I lost to him at nationals, but picked him up as a client. And we've had a really good, we're friends now, like great guy. Um, love him to death. Love Allison to death. Uh, they're both funny as hell. Um, but great people. But my point is, I think there's so many people that think coaching is synonymous with programming. Mm. And it's totally not true. Um, now, and I and I want to say this comes from how, of course, this is this is all personal opinion. Everyone could go listen to this podcast and tell you and me to go fuck off and not agree with anything we say because you don't have right. to. You right. Don't do that. I don't shit. But <laughs> salt. Just throw a little bit of salt. A little bit of salt. A little salt. Um, but like, I think. The way I got into powerlifting and the way I kind of had my first coach, which wasn't for a long time. I programmed myself for three, two, three years before I got a coach. And um, I never had my hand held. I fucking just dove into the pool. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what made me be the way I am. Now I do coach people in person at my gym at the Bear Cave. Right. But it's very few. And I don't offer to everyone. And I usually I am very upfront and honest with people. When people contact me on Instagram, hey, do you do coaching? I say no. I don't. I tell and I tell them straight up, I say, I don't believe in it. And they go, Oh, well, well, my buddy my friend of a friend buddy says your, your programs are really good. I'm said, yeah, programs, programs. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking, we don't WhatsApp each other a hundred times a day. I don't watch him touch his asshole on the floor and talk to him about his butt wink and what he needs to do to fix it. Like we don't do online coaching. I'm not doing video reviews. I'm not sitting here playing tiddlywinks in bed till 12 o'clock at night while I'm waiting for you to finish the set. Mm -hmm. I was like, nobody held my hand and I'm sure as fuck not going to hold your hand. And I tell him, I said, if you're looking for a coach, a one-on-one coach, who's going to give you real time feedback and all that stuff, I am not your guy. Mm -hmm. And most people go, damn, thank you for your honesty. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people would say, yeah, I would coach. uh, Yeah. It's this amount of, and just take people's money. And I don't agree with that. I think it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. So what I do tell him, I said, I wrote programming that works and I, you know how I know it works is I fucking guinea pig all of it myself before I would even think about giving it someone. So I will never ask you to do something that I wouldn't, or I haven't done myself. So most of the dudes you see posting shit at my gym are either doing a method I've already ran that worked very well for me or are guinea pigging something fucking crazy as shit that I just came up with. And we are testing it out before anyone else sees it. Mm-hmm. And I think the only one that's tried stuff before it came out, like literally did it with me would be like, I think Zach and Allison. Yeah. Um, but I, I think people really need to realize that like when you go out on Instagram and I'm just using Instagram cause it's probably the biggest used one. When you go out and you're looking for a coach or uh, use a, co- a coach, quote unquote, are, yeah. are you really looking for a coach or are you looking for a program? Are you looking for, uh, a, um, uh, for lack of a better word, a map to follow and keep yourself accountable? Or do you really need somebody to help you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
And I think there's a big difference many people don't realize. And like I charge dirt cheap because I never did it for the money. I, right. I, I did it for people like me. Like this shit fucking saved my life once. And if I fucking die early, God forbid, I hope it goes out with it fucking taking it away. Yeah. And I made that pact a long time with myself. Yeah. Save me the first time, take it away the second time. Yeah. It's fucking add another hundred pounds on it and chisel that shit on my tombstone. But I think people really need to figure that out for themselves because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are getting robbed. I agree. Uh, as far as that goes, I mean, like to have a good program that works, like you don't need to be paying a hundred fucking dollars a month. Like I've seen some of that shit. Shit, I, I've been, I've been sent some of that shit. Mm-hmm. Dude, the amount of time and stuff I put in making a template from scratch and shit. Like I don't even use Excel and all that shit. Like I literally make everything yeah. from fucking scratch. And then like see the some shit people are paying a hundred dollars for. I'm like, dude. That guy was dropping a deuce, mm-hmm. typing it into text edit, and then yep. screenshotting it to you, and you paying a hundred bucks a month for that. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what are you thinking? Yeah, and I'm not saying that program has to be uh, revolutionizing material. It has to be the craziest shit you've ever read. I'm just saying, like, where's your evidence? Is the person you're getting it from doing some of it? Do you witness them doing it? Some of it. Do they have an experience? What kind of qualifications are you looking for? Right. Cause I mean, I think it's a hard thing to pinpoint down what really qualifies someone to be a quote unquote coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause I'll, I'll have guys do great at meets, great at meets that I program for. And I tell him, I said, dude, don't tag me on Instagram. Don't fucking write, oh, I'm coached by Papa Bear. Like, don't, don't. I said, I am the dude that does the fucking math. Yeah. You do all the work. When you go out on that platform and you follow this shit and you go eight for nine, nine for nine, have a PR total, whatever, you put all the work in. You did all the fucking work. I didn't do any of that. I didn't force you to get onto the bar. I didn't make you do this dumbass accessory. You just followed the map and the map led you to the fucking treasure. Mm-hmm. So that's what people need to ask themselves. Do you need a map to find the treasure or do you need a motherfucker carrying the shovel that's going to dig the hole fucking for you and hold your hand while you do it? Yeah. No, I completely agree because I've done the exact same. You know, when I, uh, when we did stuff for the powerlifting team, the university, you know, a ton of the people are beginner lifters. I mean, they're not going to compete. They're just looking to get stronger. And I was like, look, I've got three or four things here. I know that will work. This will take eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Here, do it. And I gave it to like 15 of the same people, just random college students, whatever. 15 of the same people, three of them, you know, ended up going on to compete or whatever. And you see like 12 people excel because it's a program. It's weight. If you work in a progressive overload for eight weeks, you will get stronger. It's not that complicated. I'm not some hot shot. I just fucking understand basic science if you add percentage decrease reps and go up the little mountain you will get stronger and then you'll get the three motherfuckers out of the whole batch who are like oh i didn't get any stronger like you suck as a coach i'm like i ain't coaching you i gave you a program that 90 percent of these people it just worked for and it would have worked for you except you overshot you skipped accessories 
You sleep three hours a night. You go out drinking on weekends. There's a reason you're not getting stronger. But the problem dude, is taking the words out of my mouth, man. You're <laughs> on it, dude. You're on it. Like, and, and you know, people it also like because I am like that personality of like, yo, fuck you. There are plenty of people that really hate me. And I'm honestly, I'm really okay with that because I know every single one of them listens to this podcast religiously to wait for me to slip up. So for each of you, thank you for listening. I appreciate the views and the monetization. But in the meantime, here's the deal. Like, who can like there are plenty of people who have world class totals who don't know shit about writing anything. And on the flip side, though this is more rare, there are plenty of people who are awful, awful, not strong people who are incredible programmers and or coaches because they understand science. They also understand that they don't have good genetics and they shouldn't just inject trends straight into their bloodstream immediately to get stronger when they're 16. But right in the middle, you get these dudes who compete one time and they're like, holy shit, I broke the Missouri state record in the junior 17 to 18 class deadlift guys hit me up for programming. And it's like, (laughs) I'm like, holy shit, like shut up. (laughs) No one can. And then I'll, and I'll DM them every once in a while. I'll be like, Oh, Hey, you know, because it's happened. It's been some of my guys who will be like, Hey, like started programming. And I'm like, dude, like no offense, but like, what qualifications do you have to do this? He's like, Oh, I hold a record. I'm like, cool. You've maxed out every session for the last eight weeks. What are you going to have your dude do hit an RP like 9.5 single three times a week? Like yeah. he's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm spreading the love. I'm like, you're spreading the injury. That's what you're doing. You, know, you ain't spreading shit. <laughs> it's, it's so hard, man, because I agree with you on the flip sides. And of course the middle ground, it's like, and, and, and I'll be all like, is there even a, you, I don't really think you can put down a proper checklist to have a coach. You know what I mean? You could, just like you said, you couldn't have someone, well, are they strong as far as total wise or ranking wise? And you could say no, but they understand math and science better than someone who is, you know? And, and then of course there's a the flip side of that. It's just, I think it's an impossible thing to really track down and write out, but I think the reason to talk about it like we are is just to make more people aware. Yeah. Kind of what that is. Yeah. Like y'all, those of you who are listening, this is the most practical advice I could ever give you. Your coaches, the people you follow are lying to you. You have to do the research to find out who the fucking liars are and the ones who back their shit. Yeah. I, and it's funny you said that just like that because I have people DM me all the time asking about like, like, so I've been trying to really frequently to post more like accessory movements and stuff we've been doing. So I'm trying to put out more like free content, like just to help people and stuff and get them some ideas. And of course, a lot of the stuff I select is working around nagging things like me, like with my shoulder and shit like that. So like I had a guy message, like literally it was probably like four or five people in one night that were messaging me about SSB um, JM press, like with the handles removed. Right. And they were like, well, what's this good for? Why do you do this? What's this? And I'm like, go read about it. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy be like, wow, really? So you don't know what you're talking about? I'm like, no, I do. But you should fucking find out about it just like I did. Yeah. Like nobody and it, nothing insults me more as an English teacher. I'm like, go fucking read. 
Like, go, <laughs> yeah. go educate yourself. Like, do you, you think I just like shit in my hand one day and had all this knowledge of random technique with specialty bars? No, I read right. a lot and I still continue to read a lot. I read every day. I try to at least, at least read one to two articles a day about some form of nutrition, about some sort of movement, uh, even about a new bar or anything just to educate myself. And it's like, it's such an, a lost concept on so many people. And then when you tell them like, and I, and of course, again, I try to do it in a polite way. I'm like, Hey man, the best way to do this is, you know, go read up on yourself. Like take your own training to, you know, have some accountability for your own training, expand your own knowledge. And then of course you still get people being like, they don't want to do it. So they're just like, Oh, you're a fucking dick. Because everyone wants you to do shit for them. Everyone wants to not do the work, even if it's simple work, like your own research and reading. It's, yep. it's hard. It's hard, yep. dude. Lack no. of empathy. <laughs> yeah, but like, it. honestly, like, that's the thing. Like, now the other thing that connects us is obviously we both worked with Stacy. Like, Stacy was probably the first real quote unquote, like, coach I ever had. Like, she's the one that got me to qualify for nationals the first time. And I was like, oh, sweet. But like, Stacy's a perfect example of someone who has honed their craft, has figured out exactly what they can offer the industry, has figured out exactly where they fit in, has backed their shit up, and is seeking to positively impact people. Instead of, man, nice, I, I had a total that was good one time, so I'm going to come up with like a slogan and name my team after it, and now I'm going to charge you 150 bucks a month to get my phone number and I'll send you a template I already wrote once a month. Man, not, <laughs> not to ruin the negativity, but I'm, I'm really thinking I need a team name now. <laughs> uh, $19.99 a month hit me up. Uh, P. Paul Bears Naked Bear Rogers Powerlifting Team. Naked Bear Rogers Powerlifting Team. <laughs> yeah, Naked Bear. Oh, they, naked <laughs> gummy bears in the bear cave. I don't like Naked Bear. Um, yeah, God, God, there's going to be so many weird DMS after this. I can't oh, wait. Man, I, I just, I can see them coming. I'm, I'm already picturing them. Might as well just change the Instagram handle and hide now. Yeah. So people can't, oh, where's Travis? I can't find where's Mo. Where is, or where are these guys? <laughs> Who knows? Oh man. I mean, I think, I think even with the reading, like I've, I've found myself in a position in life where I'm very attracted and gravitated towards things that take extreme bouts of time. Right. And I really started and believe it or not, this will, this will bond us, right? This is going to make you and me wholesome as one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really first started thinking about this when I was growing a beard. Nice. Like when I grew my first really big beard last year, like when, when quarantine hit, mm -hmm. I was like, the world's going to burn down. It's about to be like Fallout 4 for real. Yep. I'm just going to tattoo the rest of my head and grow out a giant beer and become a village warlord. Yep. So I was totally ready. And then they were like, we're going back to school. And I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I come into school and, and they were the principal's like, have you always had your head tattooed? I'm like, uh, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's haven't you there. never noticed? Yeah. It's been there, man. So, um, yeah, that was that was a fun day. The first uh the first like parent teacher conference night we had when I had all like my hair short and I had all my head tattoos out. Good times. Um 
good, some really, some really sweet, gentle looks from uh, the parents in there. Yeah. Um, but then it's funny because in there, those are the same women. Like I'll be walking by in like, um, like Food Lion, and like a like a mid, like a middle aged lady will like snatch up her grandchild. Like when I'm walking down the fucking bread aisle. Like I'm gonna eat him or something. Like I'm gonna slap him between two loaves of bread and just devour the small child. Like and you I'm like into food line. You're like, oh man, maybe I'll get some bread. Maybe I'll kidnap some kids in my van. Like yeah, what? I'm like, <laughs> I looked at her and I literally started laughing. And she she just like walked away. And I'm like, it's funny because then you like meet those like people like that meet you, and then they're like, so what do you do? And then you tell them, and they're like, oh, you're like, wow, I really. Just stereotyped really, kind of bad. Really, really stereotyped you real hard. Yeah, dude, like if oh my god, like this is just a sidebar, but like literally that interact like I understand I have resting bitch face. Like when I'm in public, <laughs> like I really do. But the thing with masks is like nobody knows that. So like I can do the whole like, oh, eye, the like the eye smile where like it looks like I'm smiling really like I'm still flipping them off, but like I can just like make my eyes look happy. But, like you just have the mask on. Here's the thing when there wasn't COVID. And I could just like walk through and look pissed off at the world. You know, I've got the, the AirPods in. I understand I'm a big dude. I probably have something like fuck your deadlift, like across my shirt. Something like who knows? Be like, oh my God, you must be a horrible person. Like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a special education teacher. They're like, I'm like, mm, I work with kids with cerebral palsy and severe autism and helping them develop in a world that's not helping them. And people are like, Oh my god! Like wow! And I'm like, yeah, fuck you! <laughs> like literally, like who cares? It's, like it's just, wow, it's man. oh, it's a mess. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. It's too funny. It's too good. But like, about, like I said, like and even with teaching, like an acquiring degrees and stuff, and like your seniority as a teacher, it's like I enjoy things that take a long amount of time. And like I was saying this with the beard, like when I was growing a beard, I was talking to my mom, and uh, I love my mom. I don't get to see her as often as I wish I did, but um. She was like, oh, my God, your beard's crazy. Like, I've never seen that long. And I had a big beard. It was, like, down to, like, my chest. Like, it was full full on. And um, and I was, she's like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. Hmm. And I was like, but it has something to do with the idea that, like, when I start something, I have to finish it. Yeah. And it's like uh, – I enjoy things like that that take a process. Like when you have a beard, like a big beard, like you got to brush it, you got to condition it, you got to trim it, you got to really take it. Like it's a lot. To it's have a, a lot beard. of work. I really didn't notice like until it was like long and I was like really doing stuff to it. I was like, man, this is like, this is like a, a lot. lot of work. It's yeah, a lot. You got to like carry like the little, like the wax with you where you go and do it like another couple times a day. And yeah, like it was a lot, yeah. but it looked really good because you took care of it. Mm-hmm. But and then I started relating. I was after thinking about the beard. I was just like, but I'm like that with everything. Yep. Like it takes a really long time to get really strong. Yep. It takes a really long time to develop like a well-rounded looking physique. It takes a really, really long time to have a bodysuit, which I'm getting close. I'm really excited. Um, I'm getting really close. I actually just sent my appointment up. I hope my mom listens to this. She'll die. Um, I actually just set my appointment up for April. I'm getting both of my butt cheeks done in the same shot. So I'm, I'm, I already have a huge back piece. So I'm going to continue it off the bottom of my back, like right where the first bear claw ends on my butt and just go full, full cheeks, full Dude, cheeks, man. Taking a shit 
that night is going to be fucking horrible. I'm going to send you pictures of my face. Like when I sit down and I'm just like, like I'm going to send you pictures of like, like I'll do a a diagram of like one, two and three. And I'm just like, "Ah, Oh, Oh, like as I lower myself down. And well, that's the thing about where I live, man. Salt Lake city is just a tattoo hub. Like, that's the thing. Like, people think of Salt Lake and they're like, oh, like, okay, like Mormonism, like LDS, all that. But, like, honestly, everyone else came into the city who are completely non-religious, kind of just like pothead snowboarders. And they're like, you know what the three things this city is missing? Coffee shops, breweries, and tattoo parlors. So they're (laughs) everywhere. I mean, every single block. And so now that I've started this job, I'm like, man, like. I can finally start getting my arms done and start getting tattoos on everything. So I had that same conversation with my mom and she was like, Oh, please don't, don't get anything you'll regret. And I was like, I'll try not to, but no problem. Oh, that's that's my other favorite comment I get. Oh, I love it, man. I just like, it'll be videos of me like deadlifting, like some pretty wild weight. Like, like, you regret that tattoo. Yeah. But then people <laughs> will talk about tattoos instead. They'll be like, I can't wait to see this guy when he's like 30 more, 30 years older and he's all wrinkly. And I'm like, why? So I can look back when I have dementia and look at all the fun times I had with all the people I remember. Like, what? Like, I just don't understand. It, tattoos are like anything else with your body. Like, if you take care of it, like, it lasts longer. Right. So, but I mean, my, my mom said the same thing, man. When she saw my first one on the side of my head mm-hmm. that was close to my face, she about she freaked out. She's like, "Oh my god, you're gonna tattoo your face!" And I'm like, "I'm not gonna tattoo." I promised my wife and my mom I'd never tattoo my face, and I won't. But everywhere else is fair game. Yeah, everywhere else. I'm fully expecting the dick tattoo. Is uh, uh well, the other day I got one. Um, like so, I'm trying to sleeve my legs out. I'm getting really close to having them done. Don't they call them so like I, socks or something? Isn't, that, like, isn't the leg sleeve called a sock? I'm like 99% sure the leg sleeve is called. I don't know. If it is, I'm not going to call it that. I don't like that. That's weird. That's why I brought it up because it sounds so weird. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds weird. You're getting socks uh, done. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that does sound weird. (laughs) But uh, I got one up very, very high. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty high. And um, I mean, I had to lay like pretty weird angle to get it done. Like with the legs in the air almost (laughs) in my buddy, uh, uh, Brandon B who works out with me, um, that goes to our gym. He walks in and he came to get the key early cause the tattoo shop is literally five minutes from my gym. So he comes to pick up the key and walks around the corner and he's like, Oh, Hey, I'm Travis's friend. I'm just here to pick up the gym key real quick. And so they send him back. Cause all the guys at the tattoo shop know me well. And they're like, oh yeah, just go back and grab it. He walks around the corner and my legs are like in the air and my shorts are all rolled up like, like in a, like almost like a thong. So like he could get to the spot. And so, but my one leg's like covered over and he's like, like I see his eyes get real big, but he doesn't say anything. And I know his initial thought is this dude is getting his taint tattooed, like his balls or his gooch or something like something that no one should have tattooed is getting tattooed right now. And it wasn't, it was, it was close to like finish my legs out. But, um, yeah, I could see the look in his eyes. He's like, oh my, this is next level. Like, I wasn't ready for this. And I kind of looked at him. Yeah, like, we kind of locked eyes. And he kind of, like, it was one of those things that, like, we are bonded now. Like, he had right. the death stare where he's like, oh. But, no, man, I just. the And the thing with all that stuff is, like, dude, 
no one has it with training with everything. And I think this is the reason I like this kind of stuff, including tattoos. Like no one has that hard of like dedication and commitment to anything in life anymore. Mm-hmm. Like anything. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds dumb to relate it to like almost like tattoos and stuff, but it's like, like I, I feel like I won't be done until I have a suit. So like, I'm going to keep going until I have then like for powerlifting, like I'm going to keep going until like whatever. Yeah. But I mean, no one has that kind of drive anymore. They don't. So that's what I said about that thing with empathy. Like when I, when I talk to a kid, especially my seniors, cause you know, they're getting ready to graduate and they just have like no oomph, no drive. And I'm like, it's hard because you want to, you want to help them and teach them. And like, this is what you should do. And this is the next step. But then there's that, that, that harder side of me. That's always like, how, like I've never, there's never been a moment in my life where I was like content with not doing, with not being, with not going, with not simply existing. Like I just like, and they're cool with it and they'll be totally open and honest with me, which of course I always appreciate that being honest with me because they feel safe to discuss that with me. But they're like, I don't know what I want to do. But it's not one of those like, oh, I'm thinking about a few things and I'm not sure. It's like they literally have no idea or any avenues they're even eyeballing. And I'm like, how can how can you be okay with this? And they're just like, oh, I don't know. And it's they're all shoulders like, eh, eh. Yep. I'm just like, I and it and that part I think for me it becomes extremely hard to relate. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what that feeling's like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a strange one. No, it is. And then that brings me all the way back to the beginning where we talked about that small little gap we have that we can turn them from the awesome person to the turd sandwich. And then you're like, oh, did I miss my chance? That's what always haunts me, man. As soon as I have those conversations, and it, sometimes it'll be seniors that I didn't have as 10th graders. So I'll be like, if I had met you two years ago, this could have been different. This could have been a different conversation we're having right now. Mm-hmm. I always wonder. Always wonder, man. Yeah. Hardest part of, I know you'll agree too. Hardest about about being a teacher is the day you realize you can't save everyone. Yeah. Hundred percent. I had a, uh, you know, when I worked at that organization in DC, a lot of those guys, they were, uh, you know, they were the football team or the basketball team, and so all of them, you know, as far as the, the school dominated in a lot of those sports, and so they were all would all be banking on sports being what was going to get them anywhere further. But the reality is that's the 0.01%. You know, you could get, you know, a full ride to a D2 school or, you know, a D1 school that maybe is just smaller. I think of like Liberty, like the school I went to, I'm like, yeah, you go to an FCS school or whatever, but then you graduate and then what? Like you just got a degree in, business just so you could be like, all right, cool. I made it through four years. I didn't really want to do that, but I can sit in the back with my sweatpants on and my headphones in and finish and then leave. Cause it is the classic. It's the stereotype, but it's true. I have so many friends. I know I'll be listening to this that did that. I did that at different points, but like as a teacher, and like at that point, cause I really, all I was doing was doing athletic coaching for them on can on conditioning days as a team of the amount of guys that I knew when I finished that internship and left that when they walked out of the gym, 
I was never going to hear or see from them again. And it's very easy for that to be like, fuck, like, all right, like, what was the point? But you'll then get the one or two, or maybe more depending on the situation, who whose lives are radically changed. I had a guy, and he may even be listening to this, who, you know, he lived to use a quieter dude and didn't really want, know what he wanted to do with his life. And I hadn't heard from him a year and a half. I get uh, an Instagram message request uh, like a month and a half ago. And it was this kid. And he was like, man, like, I just haven't done shit. He goes, I trust you more than pretty much anyone I know. You got to get me back on track. Like, I want to start working out. I want to get in shape. I want to turn my life. Like, I want to change everything. And I was like, I almost started crying. I was like, thank you. Like, literally, like, this is this is what I've been like. The fact that you were willing to actually put in the effort for yourself is all the difference. And that kid, regardless of what he does with his life, I'm like, he's got it. He understands it. And I'm like, if that one relationship was the only one that ever continues from that time, then it was worth it. Because otherwise, I think that's why teachers just come and go because they see the kids who don't make it and they're like, man, I failed. And it's like, nah, dude, if one kid that you've ever influenced turns their life around, it was worth it. Anyway, off my soapbox. No, man, that was, that was beautiful. I'm glad you said something. Yeah. Seriously. No, that there's, there's been a lot to me because I obviously share a lot of those with you. Yeah. Uh, so on my soapbox, <laughs> um, so we, we just hosted my first meet at, uh, at my gym, right? We opened the, the real bear cave in October. We had the barn probably a year and a half ago. So this one's my first like real gym, not like country backdoor gym. Right. Um, and, uh, so one of my, one of my alumni kids, okay. Uh, I teach his youngest brother. Now mm. I taught his middle brother last year. And he is an alumni in college now. Okay. Love all three of them. Sweetest kids, man. Great kids. Uh, and of course, like the older brother told the other one, oh, I hope you have Rogers. And, the other, you know, it just got passed down. I hope you have Rogers. They've all had me for English. But uh, the older brother, or the middle brother too, um, had me when I was still the head weight room coordinator at the high school before we had a big budget cut. Mm-hmm. I used to be, I mm-hmm. coached at the high school and did run in all the weight room and stuff for four years until we had a big budget cut in our already very not wealthy district. So we lost a lot of specialty right. stuff. So that's when I kind of moved out, formed the foundation and made my own gym that was disassociated from the school. So that way I could fund it how I needed to fund it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because obviously I couldn't get help from the school. Um, so I was talking, we, we keep in touch him, him and his other buddy. Uh, and I'm going to name them both right now. Cause I hope they listen to this later. Um, Zach Jackson and Trevor Holmes are, are my boys, man. I miss those guys a lot. And, uh, so Trevor's messaging me from college and he says, Hey man, I'm, I saw your gym. Like I, I've watched you on Instagram every day at college. Like so crazy to see like all the stuff you've done. He's mm-hmm. like, I saw you're having a meet. Like you've always wanted to like do your own meet. And he said, I saw, you know, you just became, you know, the chairman for Maryland and Delaware for USPA. Like you're, you're a meet director now. He's like, dude, I got to come see this. So 
he signs up to work as my my warm up room attendee for my meet. Coming home on Christmas break. Wow. Wow. So, of course, he comes. I'm busy as hell. We're all running around. The meet was amazing. We pulled it off. No hitches. Uh, it was beautiful, even with COVID. We had a scare from the health department the night before. Everyone got freaked out. Like, oh, they're going to close it down. And I, I had done all the precautions and stuff for Maryland. She told me have a great holiday. Mm. So it, we pulled mm. it off. It was amazing. And that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is after everyone had gone, we packed up the trailer and there's just a couple of us sweeping the floor and stuff. Trevor's still there. And this kid comes into the expansion part of the, the bear cave where I've, I've already screwed in the banner into the wall because after the meet's mm-hmm. over, we're going to move all the USBA banner stuff, but the meat banner is still going to stay there. And you'll, people still see that banner, the no look needed one in all my deadlift videos. Cause we're pulling the new part of the cave. So this kid, you know, he just comes over and I'm just, I'm in the room by myself and I'm just standing in front of the banner, just staring at it. And this kid come over and he, he stands next to me and he goes, this shit's crazy. Mm. And I was like, mm. what do you mean? He goes, do you remember three years ago when you were in the, the high school weight room with me and we had just met and uh, we would, with all this stuff was words, you know, having a gym, having, having a legacy, having kids follow you, making all this, you know, yours and taking over stuff and like making it how it's supposed to be. And I hadn't really thought about it in a long time. And he goes, you know, it makes me so proud to be able to come home from college and, you know, be able to share this with you and see everything that you ever talked about in front of me become something real and tangible and something that we all can look at and see pictures of and be here in real life. And it's, there's so many adults that all those kids know that just say shit and never come through and never see anything of it. Mm -hmm. He's like the fact that you can say things and then by somehow or another, um, you know, make them real. Yeah. He's like, he told me, he said, Rogers, that made all the difference for me. Cause you were the one dude that I knew no matter what you said, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be the next week. But one day, like that shit would be true. And he said, the fact that I come home from Christmas break and get to stand beside you, literally, with all the stuff you talked about, and it's all real now. He said, I'll, I'll never forget that. Hmm. He said, this is shit I'll tell my kids about. And it's, it's wild, dude, because like I see his brothers every day and like... It's weird. It's just weird to me because I feel like people, you know, and I, and I, not to, not to like, you know, really harp on Joe or anything, but I, I know Joe talks a lot about this too. And I, I've recently been thinking about it a lot more since he said it, especially in a teaching setting is that we're all role models, whether you want to be or not, you know, your role model, whether the spotlight's on or not, you know, it's not just like when I'm at school, when I'm on Instagram, it's like, you have so many people that look up to you and watch what you're doing and at all times that like 
you can never really turn that off. Yeah. You have to be that all the time. And it's exhausting when you think about it that way. But I think there's so many people that are trying to do that. And then so many people who are actually like committed to living like that, where it's not trying anymore. Yeah. And I remember thinking back when I started some of this, that I was like, how am I ever going to like maintain this, this rhythm, this speed? How am I ever going to keep out doing myself? How am I ever going to keep this snowball, keep on rolling and growing it bigger and bigger? And it's like, back then it felt like work. Mm. You know, it, it felt like I was like, I'm tired. Like, how am I going to do this? But now it's like, you don't even have to try. It's just, it's what you do. It's a part of you. It's there. And I think that's what really resonated with me when I, I talk to Joe sometimes and like see some of his things about being a role model. And it's just the idea that once you get to a certain point, you don't have to try to be a role model. Like it's, it becomes ingrained in you. Like you just, you are here for that reason. And I really think the last year or so that that's been real apparent to me. And it's just like you said, if, if, if that, if you can believe in that hard enough and it, it really alters it, for those that one or two people, those one or two kids, like that, that makes all the difference, man. And that's worth something to me. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like that's a super positive point to move into the back end of our episode. Uh, I feel like we went from, uh, you guys have all experienced a ton of emotions and we've gotten super pissed off. We've gotten actually passionate about things, you know, and, and, and I think it's important. And I, and I think especially now, despite the amount of shit that's happened um, more tangibly, you know, in the last year, I feel like people are finally taking opportunities to make a difference because they're recognizing and, and even, even people in socioeconomic brackets that usually would never set foot out of their gated community are ma- taking those opportunities to serve their communities to be more invested, to plug in at community centers, churches, whatever it is, because they're recognizing, kind of bringing it all the way back to the beginning, that there's a window here and there's a generation of kids right now that's honestly getting fucked because they're just being thrown this, hey, like you should just go follow your heart and best of luck. And that's it. And it's like, okay, well, that doesn't help anything. Like, yes, I believe follow your in the answer. Yeah, go do what you love. But if no one's guiding someone to get to that point, they're never going to get to that point unless they're the 1%. And I would love to even just see the 1% go to 2%. If just that happens in my lifetime, if the 1% success rate makes it to 2%, I can die happy. Anything above that, man, that's a bonus. But it's like, man, anyway, anyway, all that being said, make a difference. You're listening to this, make a difference. Go fucking serve. Go make a difference. Stop sitting your ass watching Netflix. Make a difference. So on the back end of every episode, the classic faith fitness French toast kind of thing. I've got two questions I ask everybody, which I think has really made the podcast unique, at least in the fitness community, because there are a thousand different podcasts. Everybody's starting a new podcast, and I am totally for it. But I just laugh, you know, because I like to think like, oh, man, like I prompted anyone who's ever been on my show who then launches a show. I'm like, oh, man, nice. You did it because of me. So I, 
I said it to both Garrett and Joe. I was like, oh, you guys are launching podcasts now, huh? And they were like, shut <laughs> up. But, um, you know, I think a couple of things that made it really unique has been, one, the conversation of breakfast, which is the last thing I always ask, and this faith question. And I know faith is just such a taboo thing for so many people. Um, and I, I'm, I'm always fascinated um, by the conversations that come out of it. But the question that I ask everybody is what role, if any, has your own personal faith, spirituality impacted just your view of training, athletes, relationships, and anything else? I think with me, uh, I think of kind of the things that um, regarding like getting clean and staying sober and kind of finding Jess and powerlifting and kind of in a a very simultaneous kind of way. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm a very big believer in fate yeah. and that the idea that everything is, I, I am a very hokey believer in superstition and that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, that even follows me to meets. Like, I mean, I'll wear the same pair of socks every meet. Mm-hmm. I'll wear the same dude. I wore my 181, my first sponsorship singlet at 181. I still wear that now. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll get up to like 215. Like, dude, that thing is like right in, in, in there, dude. Right. It, is, it is inside of me. Like, it's time. <laughs> but, I, but I believe in it so hard that I, I, can't, I can't break away from it. Yeah. Right? But I, I truly believe and I, I, and I draw and I write a lot about this in my art um, that I think that it's very easy for someone to believe that things are predetermined, mm-hmm. that things are supposed to be a way they are for them. And that's just how it's going to play out. And I used to think that, and I think if my, the way my outlook on life has changed in regards to all the stuff that's happened, especially recently with the success of like, the foundation and stuff is that you don't have to be a certain somebody to make a difference, to make things happen, to make changes for other people and yourself. Like mm-hmm. dude. And it, it's weird. Cause I'll meet people at meets and stuff and they're like, Oh, like I follow you on Instagram. Like I, I love what you do for the community and stuff. And I'm like, do it. Yeah. Like go do it like help support like do it like i'm i'm fucking nobody dude i'm just a a dude who likes to power lift like everyone acts like like you have to be a certain special someone to like make that kind of difference and i wasn't dude i was a fucking drugged out alcoholic Mm -hmm. i came back from all that fucking bullshit and found found a new purpose in life and as taboo it is, I mean, I know my purpose in life isn't powerlifting. Like I wasn't put here to fucking powerlift, but I certainly use it as an avenue to do what I'm supposed to do, which is definitely fucking help people. Yeah. You know, and I and like I said, it doesn't have to be about powerlifting. It could be about anything, any avenue you can use to help people and make that change. And I I just got lucky enough that. It, it happened to be weightlifting. It happened to be powerlifting. It happened to be art, man. 
Like, and those two things have, have changed my life, saved my life. Mm. You know? And it's, uh, I think if you really want it bad enough, like you can totally just rearrange what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Like I, I know for a fact, like I, I am, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. I am not supposed to be sitting in this chair in front of you, but I am. And not to toot my own horn, but after all that shit, I feel like I'm doing fucking pretty decent this time around. Mm-hmm. And it was because I believed in it hard enough to change it. Yeah. And I, I think that God, it, it, it sounds so the words taste metallic and just taboo and shit coming out of my mouth when I say stuff like that. Cause it sounds so overblown and played out. But uh, in all honesty, I've never, I've never had anything more true than that. Hmm. That if you really fucking wanted something bad enough and could convince yourself that this is, this is the only thing left, you can do it. And I did. And I'm going to keep doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's fucking write your own story, man. Rearrange your own stars. Change that shit. If you don't like the way they align, fucking rearrange them. Yeah. Man, that's good. That's good stuff. Well, last question I got for you, and this is the the fan favorite. <laughs> the it, fan favorite. The fan favorite is this question of breakfast. I'm a breakfast nut. I will eat at any given point. Probably after this, I'll go and make myself eggs and bacon, and it's almost 8 o'clock at night over here. But what breakfast food? Hold right. king above <laughs> all else. All right, there, there's got to be stipulations though, so I can answer this correctly. Okay. All right. Is this is this something the one breakfast food where it's like your go-to one breakfast food no. you can't go without? No. Or this could be like if I had to choose breakfast food, I could have any time, all the time. All right, I got it. And I, actually, this is a good one because it's kind of like a twofer. Because they usually get served together, so I won't feel like I'm cheating one or the other because I usually get them both at the same time. Right. Okay. So my mom makes the best, right, Christmas ham breakfast casserole. And it's like like the ham's a little crispy, but like the whole thing is like a casserole with scrambled eggs, but she does like the potato and hash in it. And then bakes it all in the oven so like the top layer of cheese and stuff is crisp. Almost like like how mac and cheese will harden on the top a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she'll do that with the um the Pillsbury. Like um No, no, she done that's what she used to do. I don't like that one. This one's better. She does homemade <laughs> homemade sticky bread, man. Have you ever had that shit? Sticky oh yeah. Like in, in like the round thing with like the raisins and stuff. And it's like, the shit is so thick on top. You could like, like just dip your finger in it and smear it on something. And you could just like fucking super glue quarters to the wall with it. Like I'm talking like that much sugar. Yeah. That stuff's amazing, dude. So should you serve both of those on uh Christmas morning when me and uh Jessica over there and uh, as an adult, like dude, nothing makes me feel more like a kid than when I go, eat that shit all Christmas. Man, 
Oh man, the Chris Christmas morning breakfast. Yeah, man. It's any other bre- like even over my own birthday. Like so I so I flew uh, my parents live in Ireland and so I flew over from Salt Lake uh in December to go visit them for a couple weeks. And the nice thing is out of our, my two other siblings, I was the only one that went over, which meant I got to fully dictate what the menu was the entirety of my trip because there wasn't any siblings to be like, oh, no, 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 we we hate that. It was all me. So Christmas morning, first, I'm lazy as shit on vacation. So I wake up at like 1130 in the morning and there are cinnamon rolls that are fresh that have just been baked. She's got, you know, home thick cut bacon out. She's got the it was the whole deal. She's like cooking a brisket. For like, yeah, always thick. I didn't go for a skinny thing. Come on now. Like there's like brisket cooking in the oven for the night. Like it's just, it's just that moment where you're like, holy smokes. Like this is it. COVID, who cares? Like my mom just made cinnamon rolls. My mom just made sticky butt. Like th- nothing's going to beat it. Nothing. Yeah, there's something it. about that just lights the kid inside you. You get so hyped for cinnamon rolls or sticky buns. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going, it's going back to your roots. It's the moment I can step away from, man, big heavyweights make the pain in my head go away. You know, and I can step back to, you know. <laughs> but hey, I got one, I got one more for you. All right. Right. This is probably going to be the best takeaway from this entire podcast. All right. No pressure. Right. Because not only is this another breakfast food I can't live without, this this is the everyday one. So I, got, I gave you my Christmas special edition right. that if I could do it every day. But now I'm going to give you the real one I actually – do do every day. Mm-hmm. Do do. That was a really good nice. English, really good English right there. Right, see, we're having too much fun here. You made me look really stupid. I might go throw my degree. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, Get rid of it. Um. Uh. Okay. So. So for all my Eastern Shore people too, because I get a lot of DMs with, "What's your diet like, bro? How many calories you eating, dude? I have no idea. Do, do I look like? Look at me. Do I look like a guy who yeah, counts calories? Counts calories. He's putting into my fitness pal. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's like the same people who are like, how many tattoos do you have? I'm like, do you serious right now? Like, you just what? <laughs> All right, but this is this is the and you might like this because this is the early morning teacher breakfast express edition right uh-huh. here. Okay, so wake up, do your shower thing, get ready to walk out the door. I leave for my house. My house is about an hour away from the high school, so I leave my house at about five forty-five. Okay. Drink a quick protein shake when you wake up. Natural. Or like right before I hit the door, right? Right before I hit the door. Okay. Actually, no. You know what? We're going to skip that part. We're not even going to do that part because I'm going to tell you how to get it all right at the place. Okay. Because this, this is going to be last ditch effort too. So I'm really setting you up for success right now. You don't even got to have protein right now. Okay. I got you. All right. You're going to have – and this is why it's for Eastern Shore because I don't think you guys have these. Probably. You don't have a Wawa, dude. No, we you know don't. know what Wawa is? We don't. Oh. Stuff. Do you know what Sheets, do you know oh, what sheets yeah. is? Oh, I grew up on Sheets. Okay. So you, you're, you, so you have Sheets. Okay. All right. I'm jealous because I like Sheets. But we have Wawa and we don't have Sheets but at my uh, our place. So you go to Wawa. You get the breakfast bowl with scrambled eggs and applewood smoked bacon on top. Boom. <laughs> Old lady back there, she'll throw it all together real quick. In the bowl, it goes nothing special on top of that, okay? So you got your good protein, a little bit of fat, okay? Then you got to get an apple, what is it? Apple walnut oatmeal cliff bar, okay? Apple walnut oatmeal cliff bar. 
and a Fairlife chocolate protein Dude, shake. Fairlife chocolate goes so hard. Yes. All right, so I'm winning. I'm winning right now. Life. But tell me, tell me that doesn't sound like a ball and teacher breakfast already, 100%. right? 100%. And then usually if you get in the Wawa bowl, they'll let you add like toast, mm-hmm. like whole grains with like the oats on the outside still, like the nice toast. Not this white bread toast. We're talking like the malty grain. Get that with a little bit of butter on top and they'll toast it all up. Boom. There's your there's your go-to powerlifting breakfast. I do it almost – I probably eat that like five times a week, like going to school in the morning. Yeah, that's huge. That's so huge. And, I might, I, and that's that's the breakfast I literally couldn't do without. I would I would shrivel away to nothing. Yeah. Well, see, like I'm still like adjusting to that early morning. Sit, like, oh, dude, as much as I love working at a school, I will never love waking up at 630 in the morning to <laughs> my commute. I will never love it. It's just not going to happen. I've always thought it should yeah, it's be brutal. a crime to be awake before the sun is up. Everyone's like, yo, I think of like David Goggins, dude, hit the ground fucking run at like 4 a.m. I'm like, no, screw you, David Goggins. You hit the ground <laughs> at 4 a.m. Like, I'm getting up at nine. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm, now I'm like in the classroom, like, like trying to find, and now with COVID, they actually made us take the coffee makers out of our rooms and stuff. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. So we can't even have like cur eggs dude. and stuff. So, uh, like, I'll be like, not, you can only have water basically if you bring it. So, I'm bringing like a water bottle, I'm, like, sipping on water. I'm like, all right, kids. I'm, uh, good to see you. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't even think straight. I'm like, open your laptops and just like, um, just like read or something. <laughs> read or something. I think it's 1975. <laughs> I'm actually going to start storing little, uh, stashes of like zone smelling salts around my room so i just take like hits of ammonia while i'm walking around the room to wake back up oh dude kids will be like what is that my eyes are burning dude i went i went into my gym last week and you know i wasn't lifting i just wanted to go you know see people see what's going on and i had my coffee i was exhausted and this dude's like dude try this new ammonia and uh it was juji's like ah like a moment oh yeah yeah and i was like oh yeah like actually i've always i was never gonna buy it i love you juji but like i just don't need other ammonia so i was like man like i wonder what it smells like dude i drastically overestimated one my capability of consuming ammonia and underestimated how psycho juji is Dude, so you, you, what you're saying is it puts some hair on your peaches. Dude, that thing rocked my shit. I mean, <laughs> I almost just spilled my coffee everywhere. I was like, what the? They were like, dude, welcome to Juji's shit. And I was like, oh my. So that might be the answer. Honestly, no coffee. Sniff some ammonia in the morning. Squeeze a double barrel into your face. It's over. All right. Well, here's, here's going to be, since we're about to end this, this is going to be my shameless plug. Do it. Send it. All right. So, um. Speaking of ammonia, um, my new one for Zone, our new collab drops in March. Nice. Um, we have a new Bear Down Steel coming out. You've seen them in the steel canisters. Um, this one's even stronger. So if the other one made you almost throw up, this one will definitely make you puke. Um, it's really, really bad <laughs> in a good way. Um, and, of course, I've done all the original artwork and stuff for it. Some of you have seen the new Mechanical Bear coming out. That's going to be on the, the logo and stuff. Um the new foundation drop to support the kids drops in uh, early March called Beautiful Dangerous Things. A uh, whole bunch of new illustrations from me. 
Um, we're doing a new sweatshirt, new t-shirts. Um, we're actually doing face gaiters. So I know a lot of COVID people were happy about that and asked me about since we still have restrictions in Virginia and Maryland. Um, all that stuff's coming out. Um, also to give a huge shout out to, of course, we already mentioned raw grip. Um, my boy Liam, who runs Zone, he's the man. Love working with him. Uh, been an awesome guy, not only making salts with me, but also, of course, helping me out and supporting the kids. Um, my guys in Virginia for Series Steel that help me manufacture a lot of my wrist wraps, supply my gym with bands, and help me get bands and stuff for the high school coaches. Really hooking us up there. Um, of course, my guys that live large, very, very, very blessed to be part of this team, man. I love Kevin. He takes care of me and my wife like we're family, and I couldn't be more appreciative of that. Um, barefoot shoes, if you haven't tried them, get on it, man. They're, they're, they're very stylish, but uh, they're actually the first flat-footed shoe I've really fell in love with. Um, and that's coming from a guy who's squatted in – Romaleos and heels to a guy who's also done the whole vans and converses. So this is kind of a uh, whittled it down to me. And uh, I really, really like these. Um, and of course I do all the designs for barefoot and every shirt you buy, they automatically give $5 back of the t-shirt right to the kids foundation right off the bat. So really appreciative of them for hiring me and also, um, you know, giving back to the foundation as well. Strong house been with those guys for I think that's my longest sponsor so far. I think almost three years, man. Three, three, three or four years, man. It's just been a long time since I've been on strong. I was a little guy. That was like my back in my 181 days, man. Um, strong house, awesome group of people. Eric's killing it with a new tattoo art. Um, and if you get a chance, go support Eric with his, uh, his flash. I love his wild style of like illustrations and stuff. So we're actually framing those and hanging them in the bathroom at, um, the cave. So we're making our, bathroom at the cave look like a bathroom at a tattoo shop with all the flash and stuff so it looks really cool um and of course hanging some of my own stuff um did i forget anybody i don't know i probably did god i'm so terrible i probably forgot some we'll add them after the fact we post about oh oh god how could i forget my the dude oh bow down to my man uh luke bright who owns um eat right foods and Hyperion up in uh, Buffalo dude. Um, and not only him, but he has turned me on to Zach who owns state of the arc, who's been making custom equipment for me and my guys at the gym. Um, I love you guys. appreciate everything you do for me, all the stuff you donated for prize packages, all the stuff you've hooked me up with. Um, and just very, very thankful for everybody who's been along for this ride, man. I, and as much shit as I talk, as much fun as we had this podcast and, all the negativity, honestly, I couldn't be happier and more fulfilled and feel like I have a purpose in life right now. And I really appreciate everybody who follows me, supports me, has donated money to the foundation and helped me get these kids something special. So appreciate all the sponsors and everybody who's just been here for it. So thank you guys so much. Well, folks, this has just been a great conversation with Travis Papa Bear Rogers. Find him on Instagram, of course, as well, as you all well know, at Papa Bear Rogers. If you want to hear more from us at the podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, literally anywhere you can stream anything. And starting now on YouTube with our live two-hour video premiere uh, at Faith Fitness and French Toast on any of those. We've got a great guest list coming up for the rest of the season. Don't miss out. We'll see you next week with Tony Montgomery.
Well, as you just heard, just such a great conversation with Travis Papa Bear Rogers over the last couple hours. If you love the episode, you're not sick and tired of us yet. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else that podcasts can be heard. Of course, you can also support the podcast on Patreon. $5 a month allows us to continue recording and expanding our reach. We will also be launching on YouTube here very soon once we go live with all of our video content. And of course, we have a brilliant guest list for the rest of the season. So don't forget to turn on those post notifications on Instagram and stay connected on your platform of choice to be first to hear about guest announcements and early episode releases. With that, I'm Moses Allwood at Big Mo Powerlifting. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you next week.